Hey everybody, welcome back. Uh, if you tuned in on Tuesday, you know that we are talking to Bill Smith, author, pastor, counselor, uh, talking about his book, Parenting with Words of Grace, the subtitle, Building Relationships with Your Children, One Conversation at a Time. Uh, I know on Tuesday we were having a conversation of just the various personalities and, and styles of uh, parenting, but then also personalities of your children and how to interact with them. And I, Kurt, you had a little bit of a, a follow-up you wanted to uh, ask? Yeah. Well, let me let me set it up by saying this. Um, I think we've said before, I think we said on our last podcast where we talked about fear, uh, that one of the things that I find myself doing a lot is I end up uh, parenting out of my weakness or out of what I felt like that I lacked. So if I felt that my parents were this, my, I had fine parents, okay? They did the best that they could. And um, it's be super easy of me to be critical of them, but they had to deal with me. So, you know, wow, <laughs> um, good luck. Uh, but I find myself, you know, when I think about how I was raised, I find myself like trying to overcompensate a little bit by doing um, where I feel like I didn't get something um, doing that as well. And I really just when when we're when I was reading through this book and whenever anyone reads a book, obviously one of the first questions is, well, I wonder what this guy's family life is like. You know, I wonder if his kids are like rolling their eyes when they read this. They're like, oh, man, you don't even know the half of it or um you know, you know, see, I think that's a natural question to ask. But another question that I, you know, I thought about is I also wonder what, um, you know, when someone writes a book on parenting, what your relationship with your parents was like and how that influenced what you wrote. And you can share or not share as much as you want. I know it's a personal question, but it's just something I was curious about. No, I appreciate the question. And I, I think there's value to it. Um, I have a friend who, uh, in, in one of the forwards of his book, uh, wrote that there are books where you, that, that you write because you're an expert and there's books that you write because you desperately need to learn something yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, this is probably more the latter. Uh, I, I, did, I, I did not have an abusive family growing up that, that took great care of us. Um, conversation, communication, that was not something I learned growing up. Uh, and, and it's something that uh, as I entered into the church a little bit more fully um, in college, got uh, discipled and, and connected with a bunch of other guys uh, that I started to understand something about relationships. And then as you, you read the scripture over time and you, you sit in uh, classes where you're either being taught or, or under good sermons, uh, you start to learn that, that actually God's an excellent communicator. Uh, and, and part of what he desires is to communicate to you in such a way that you become better than you were. Um, I, I think that's really the hope that, that we offer everybody who enters into the, to the church, um, who, who comes to Christ. And that is, it doesn't matter if you had an upbringing of, what, plus 15 or minus 50, the Lord enters into that world where you are and takes you beyond where you were. Uh, I, I think the, the challenge is, how, how do we... How do we be as faithful as we can to what he offers us. Uh, so I think I answered your question, but I think I also wandered a little bit. No, I, that's I, good. It's great. Um, if we're diving into questions, I know it might, it might be John's turn to ask, but I'm just going to step all over. Like, <laughs> hey, there's yes. no turns. You're asking some great questions, so I want to hear this. Oh, John, I know that I'm asking great questions. I'm fully... <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so, so, Bill, this is what I put up with on a weekly basis. What, just one of the dynamics of this podcast is that I pick on John. That's what makes it great. Um, so, John is John plays a victim really well, and uh, he, he does he does a good job. He's really just like super mean and critical of me, but off air, but on air, we have to take on these personalities. I hope you understand. Um, uh, are you inviting question, me into a relationship with you right now, or are you pushing me away? Hey, that's a reference in the book. We'll get to that in just a minute. I don't judge my communication, so um, <laughs> I'm worried already after reading the book. <laughs> I, I will say one thing that when I was reading the book, one thing that I found really interesting was uh, you write a section about getting in the van. Uh, it kind of reminds me of that Will Ferrell skit. I don't know if you've ever seen it on Saturday Night Live about get off the shed, but uh, you talk about getting in the van. And you talk about your different options as to how to get your children in the van, uh, you know, the ways in which you can communicate that. And uh, I felt really convicted because I often choose the option that works quickly versus the option that really has like the ben- like ben- benefits. Down- like maybe it, it works in, in the short term, but it's corrosive in the long term to communication. And I just wondered if you could, without diving into all of that, could you talk to me about, because I think there are a lot of parents who say, look, these books on parenting are great and everything, but you just don't know my kid. Like, I have to yell at my kid or I have to be harsh with my kid in order for him or her to really obey and do what they need to do. Uh, if I don't do that, they just don't listen. Talk talk us through a little bit about um, what's wrong and right about that and, and how we um, and how we use, you know, godly wisdom and words of grace. <sighs> Yeah. Wow. Um, my experience, I'll, I'll just share personally. Um, when you're loud with your kids, it works. And, and that's the horrible thing. You can actually get them to do what you want because at this point in time, you're what, two, three times their size. And, uh, emotionally they're dependent on you for relationship and they, you know, it, it, it works. Um, pragmatically it gets the job done but like you're saying what you what you're doing uh by getting them actually the the, the story real quick i i, I told the kids to, that we were going to get in the van go visit our, our grandparents and uh i tried to give them a little bit of warning about that and came back and said okay now it's time and they just scattered all around the house uh, and left me standing there in the, the living room all by myself. And, and at that point, it is very tempting to to just go around um, louder than life and, and get everybody to do what I told them to do. Um, but it ruins relationship and it communicates, this is the kind of person that I am in those moments. When you uh, cross me, then I, I will be as threatening and, and, and as big as I need to be to get you back in line. Uh, and, and what I'm communicating is you probably don't want a relationship with me as soon as you're old enough to get out the house. Mm. Uh, but in that moment, we tend not to think about those kind of things. We just think, I really want you to do what I told you to do. I think my experience with parenting is that it's exhausting uh, and, and incredibly inefficient uh, to my uh, type A personality that just really wants to get a whole lot of stuff done. And I, I think it's been super beneficial for me to just understand, yeah, I'm going to be tired. I'm going to be desperate. And, and it's going to drive me to 
back to the cross because I really don't have the ability to do, to pull off what I'm supposed to do. Mm. Uh, I can't make my kids like anything that I say. Mm. Well, uh, again, John, I've got. (laughs) No, I was gonna, I was gonna say, um, just Kurt referenced how convicting this book was, and and I mean this as a compliment, um, but I, I thought of Paul talking about his letter that caused godly sorrow. Uh, and th- there were points of this book where I just paused after a sentence and just, uh, I mean, prayed to the Lord, confessed my sin. And, and I mean that sincerely in a compliment of just um, the ways in which you, you do dig down into the hard issues, but you even do it, uh, you know, as it's conviction and it can be hard to hear, you do it with, with grace. And, and really, I mean, one of the statements that jumped out at me just from the introduction, I mean, you say this, you say the things you choose to say or not to say, along with how you say them, will either invite the people around you to enjoy a greater relationship with you or warn them against having anything more to do with you. Every conversation comes with a silent, implied question that asks, would you be interested in building an ongoing friendship with me in the future based on how you're experiencing me right now? And so to mm-hmm. think of, I mean, the scriptures that that say, you know, we will give an account for every careless word that we speak. And then kind of maybe along those lines of every conversation comes with this implied question of, do you want to, are you inviting them into a conversation or are you, you know, pushing them away? Um, uh, would you just flesh that out a little bit more? I mean, it's it's a very sobering thought uh, to have uh, for sure. Here, uh, I, I'm I'm thinking of a lot of those places, like where Jesus says, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Um, in other words, what comes out of your mouth is what you really think of as most important in life. Uh, you know, you can talk about it as worship, you can talk about it as idolatry, but the kinds of things that I say communicate, here's what's important to me, here's what I uh, and pursuing in life. Here's the things that I absolutely have to have uh, in order for life to be good. Um, and what, you know, it, when the Lord is that 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 central focus, uh, then what comes out of me is actually beneficial for the people around me, even if it has uh, a little bit of strength to it. But if something else is, then people either are. Uh, means toward that end or they're in the way and that's where that relationship piece starts to come into play because i'm not simply communicating here's what i value i'm also communicating here's how i see your place in my world and your your place is to make my world work well your place is to make me feel special to make me feel valued uh your place is to allow me to uh to, to, to dive in and, and help and fix because now I feel good about myself as, as the fixer. Uh, your place is to uh, listen to me complain and groan. And, and as I am not simply communicating what I value, but also communicating your role in that, there is, that implied question that in that quote that you read, uh, how, how much more of that are you willing to, to have? Uh, that has changed the way that I, I, I have said things uh, in midstream with my with with people around me. Um, so there are probably a wide variety of people. It always astounds me that anyone listens to our podcast, but apparently a lot of people do. And 
there are a wide variety of parents who listen to this. So maybe a majority of them are going to be people who are parenting children, you know, either they're in the launch phase or in the pre-launch phase, you know, in that part. Um, but there are also people who listen to this podcast, I know for a fact, who have children who are younger, right? So um, can we talk a little bit, uh, when your child can't reason, okay, <laughs> um, when we're talking about young children and they can't reason, when you're, te- when you're not you know, teaching them how to drive, you're teaching them like how to cross the street, right? Um, it, you know, for the parent who says, well, how am I supposed to, you know, not bark at my children or speak to them with grace when it's something life or death, like, you know, they just crossed the street without looking, um, or they just did something talk. I want to make sure that the people who are listening to this are not going to hear like, well, if you have ever, you know, if you've ever spoken harshly or even what some people might just say, discipline their child, well, then you're not really parenting with grace. Um, I want to, I know that you're not saying that, but I want to make sure that people don't hear that too. I guess that, that makes sense. It does. And that, that, thank you for that. Um, because I think one bad way to hear what I'm saying is you have to speak in a monotone and, and be absolutely level the mm. entire time. Yeah. Instead, when you read the scripture, you, you, you can start asking questions like, who's the happiest person you ever find in scripture? And, and the answer is God. Or who's the saddest person that you ever find? And it's God. Who's the angriest? It's God. And you start to realize his the way that he communicates what's going on inside of him is is has got a far more dynamic range than than our little amount of emotions. He's not controlled by his emotions, um, but he certainly is able to express himself very clearly in a way that is not harsh and not abusive. But it really gets the point across, uh, and and it's really not okay with him uh, when we're adulterous, when we're faithless, when we're moving away from him. There is a reason that you've been given. Uh, a certain volume, use it well. Mm. Use it to get someone's attention. Use it so that you are in complete control of it and so that you're not raging at them. Use it uh, not because it's a way of releasing all of that tension inside of you that, you know, as your child came to to a near accident and you're scared and you just uh, emote all over them. Uh, But use it to to say no, stop. That that grace does that. It interrupts uh, things that are crazy. There have been times where you know my kids are after each other or interacting with with their mother or myself, uh, and, and and I've been loud enough to say no. This is not the way that we're going to live in this household. And then you can bring it down. Now that I've got your attention, now let's have a, a real conversation. Um, you're given volume for a reason. Mm. And I think we twist and distort that reason. I, I want to ask another toward the end of the book. Most of uh, at the end of the book, this is something as a youth minister that I run into a lot. Um, you talk about uh, you, you know building a bridge with your failures, uh, uh, leading with your. I think the chapter is leading with your worst foot forward, uh, and about uh, a lot of parents. Uh, will say to me, maybe they're worried about some behavior that their child is exhibiting, um, or they're worried about a direction their child's life seems to be heading. And they say things like, well, you know, I was like that too, so I don't really feel like I can criticize them. 
or I don't want to share with them that I was like that because I don't want them to think that it's okay. Uh, and I thought you handled that chapter beautifully. And again, we want people to read the book, so I'm not asking you just re- you know just repeat it word for word. But if you could just talk a little bit about leading with your worst foot, I, uh, I think our listeners would find that helpful. If you want to be God's friend, it, 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 it can be a little scary sometimes because He doesn't have any problem letting everybody know the things that you didn't do super well in, in Scripture. Uh, but he does that in order to help you see himself even more clearly. And and as you see oh, Abraham fail over and over and over, and God continues to use his power and his might on Abraham's behalf to restore him uh, back to what God's called him to be, you start to get a better sense of who God is. Paul uh, will unpack his failures uh, in, in a way that actually says, you and I may not know each other, like like in that passage in Romans 7, writing to a group of people he's never met, and he starts talking about what it's like for him to be caught doing things that he doesn't want to do, and he doesn't go into any specifics there, but you understand he gets it. He knows exactly what it feels like to be me, and then he turns around and says, and there's hope. Uh, thanks be to God. Uh, and 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 what he's doing there is he's saying, you and I are not all that different. In fact, we're at the same place at the foot of the cross. And if I can do these things that I know you also have done, and I find hope, uh, confidence, I'm not, dis- I'm, I'm not crushed by what I've done, I take it seriously, you start to go, okay, maybe Paul has something to say to me. That's the same dynamic that takes place with your kids. You're not green lighting them to go ahead and sin. You're saying, I get what it's like to be in that position. To do exactly the same stuff? No. But close enough. Um, and if you can add enough details so that your kids are sort of, okay, yeah, you you know what that's like. Then you can turn around and say, and I found someone who really helps me in those moments. And this is what it looks like. And you're teaching them, here's how you apply the gospel and faith to the details of real life. So we're not just talking about uh, an abstract Bible study any longer. Now we're, we're, we're talking about what's it actually look like to live out this uh, life of faith that Christ has called us into. Bill, earlier you said uh, parenting is exhausting. I almost yelled out amen uh, right when you said that. But I know many of the listeners are just thinking, he was, yes. He was going to yell He was gonna yell amen out, but he was yawning because he has coffee. <laughs> That's exactly right. I was in the middle of sipping coffee uh, because <laughs> of the, the exhaustion from parenting. Um, yeah, I mean, many people listening are, are thinking, yes, parenting is exhausting. It's one of the most humbling things. It's a joy, it's amazing at the same time. But but something I think you helped uh, kind of hone in on, okay, uh, yes, there are different aspects to exhaustion. And, and one of the perspectives you gave me from your book, and I think you kind of alluded to it earlier, of, uh, you know, you're somewhat of an efficient person or, you know, this type A, you want the children to, to uh, you know, uh, do things a certain way. I mean, and you talk about in this chapter that parenting doesn't work. And you say that parenting requires you to invest time and energy without knowing for sure what the outcome will be. 
And I think just reading that sentence and, and hearing it in that way, it's like, okay, yeah, that gets to some of the exhaustion that you don't know all of this investment I'm making in this child, this conversation, the times of praying with him, the times of reading, is this going to bear fruit in the future? I think that kind of, you pinpointed it. And so uh, just explain that a little bit more of what you meant by parenting doesn't work. I had a, 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 a woman come up to me after I'd shared at a uh, gathering of mothers at one point, and she said, so if I just spoke more in the line, ways that you, you're saying, then, then my relationships basically would work better at home. And, and, and I completely understood what she was looking for. She wants that guarantee. Just tell me the ways that the things that I'm supposed to do. I'm, I'm a hardworking woman who cares about my kids and, and I will do whatever I need to in order to guarantee that I now have a friendship with my kids. And it's, it, it, for Americans, it just feels very, um, wrong. <laughs> to think that you, you you have been gifted with these little persons by God, and there is no guarantee that they're actually going to like you, um, that they're actually going to want to have anything to do with you, uh, and and you think, well, wait a minute, that that's that that's the the formula, right? I, I'm I'm supposed to pour love into them, and at some point they pour love back, uh, and and you realize, uh, no, they have your DNA, uh, they they. There is no guarantee here, but there is the same goodness that God has uh, in expressing that it's better to give than to receive. There is a greater joy in giving, even in the heartbreak, uh, when your kids don't accept that and receive that. Um, when you're watching them, I have normal kids, but when you're watching them go uh further and further away over longer and longer periods of time. And you're, you're, you're sort of biting your nails going, are, are they going to come back? And you, you realize if the spirit of God does not do something inside of them, then the answer is no. Um, and God somehow thinks that this is uh, the best way to, to, to build his church and to build families. And, and it would be one of those things that you would really start to get a little uh, angry about. If our God hadn't uh, paid so very much, both for us personally, for his church, uh, for humanity, and for the universe, and you realize, okay, if he paid that and he thought that was necessary, then whatever parental suffering that he invites me into is just as necessary for the, the sake of his kingdom, and I will trust him. But I do that without a guarantee. And I love the passages in scripture where Jesus will talk to people and it doesn't resolve. And, and, and you really want it to. Uh, I, I've heard a number of people make uh, John chapter 3, the whole conversation with Nicodemus, resolve. And, and, you know, well, look at the end of the book and, and Nicodemus does all these other things. And you look through the book and John never uses his code word for faith with Nicodemus. He never says, and Nicodemus believed. And, and, and I think the point of that is that Jesus doesn't simply engage in relationships with a guaranteed outcome. He's got enough coming in from his relationship with the Father, with the Spirit, to be able to pour out uh, into other people without having to have them pour back into him. That's good. Kurt, were you about to jump in? It looked like you had something. <laughs> 
No. Um, well, again, I just I don't want to I want to toe the line between diving too deep into the book. Um, and but I, I want to say uh, I love the story about the line drive. And uh, and I thought, you know, the idea of inviting your child um, to be honest with you, um, you know, I thought it was that's anyway, that part of the book really spoke to me a lot. Um, and uh, anyway, I don't think I'm ever going to run into that because I, I don't think given my athleticism and my wife's athleticism, I don't think our children are ever going to make any you know, crazy <laughs> place. But. I loved that story and I just thought, anyway, I just, I thought that was, it's one of those stories that when you read it, you're like, man, this guy must be a really good dad. I'm never going to be a good dad like that. But also at the the same time, you're like, okay, well that makes sense. Like instead of not believing your child, when you think that they might be lying, you know, opening the door for them to come back to you and letting, you know, their conscience speak to them. Um, Anyway, I just thought that was brilliant and I really enjoyed it. That's all I had. It's not really a question. Um, that was another one of those desperate mo- uh, times where where it was pretty clear that I wasn't getting the real story, and you know, I tried a number of different ways, and and was still not getting the real story. And think, okay, uh, Lord, I'm out of tricks. I I don't have anything else here. Um, and it was one of those that okay, it resolved well. There's there's tons of them that don't resolve well, and and I I've. I've shut the door on on so many of those as well uh, the, the longer you look at any one of those stories I, I think the more you realize these happen constantly they're, they're they're all day long and one of the things that I somebody asked me one time you know what do you wish you knew now uh, what, what, do, what do you know now that you wish you knew then uh, when before you started having kids and, and the the longer I thought about it, the more I thought, I wish I knew how important those little tiny moments are that happen constantly all day long and how significant they are uh, instead of just being irritated by them and, and wanting to move on to read my book, watch my show, go to bed, whatever. Um, just the gospel lives and breathes in those kind of moments. Uh, and, and they're, they're wonderful to relay afterward. They're, I, I miss too many of them uh, in the moment. Mm. And the good part of that is God brings back another one and, and you have another shot. Mm. Yeah, that's excellent. I mean, as you talked about earlier on Tuesday, you you know wanted to write a book that was very gospel-centered and then practical at the same time. And I think really I mean, what you just said makes this book so readable. I mean, it's it's rich and it's communication of, you know, the gospel, our relationship to the Father, and then you just intertwine these practical everyday stories where, um, yeah, we can we can resonate uh, with that. And so, yeah, I think it's just it's such a helpful uh, book for, for parents to pick up. I, I know we're going, going to start wrapping this up before too long, but something I did want to get you to just kind of comment on, uh, again, going back to Tuesday, talking about how intimidating it is writing a book on parenting and that uh, this, I think you kind of said just uh, being uh, 
having a fear of man is kind of a, a natural bent, which I think that is for, for all of us. And so even though there is that intimidation that you sensed of, you know, writing a book on parenting, what was it that fueled your passion to say, well, I want to get this out regardless, even if there is misunderstanding, even if there are those who are going to critique me, um, this is important enough to get across to some parents. What are some of those, you know, truths you wanted them to resonate with? That God parents us uh, with words so that we can be the parents that he's always wanted us to be and that we can actually become parents that we think, okay, I, I did not do everything right, but I got to see myself grow. And that was amazing. And the reason for that is because, not because I'm a brilliant parent, but because I have a brilliant parent. Uh, even if I didn't grow up with one, or even if I grew up with the best, none of them are going to parent me like the father does. Uh, and he just does not quit. He obligates himself to his children uh, and and parents us whether or not we want it, actually. Uh, and, and we are those stubborn kids that, that often turn away. But we're also the kids who he's made receptive and want to hear from him. And over time that there's real hope and real change and it doesn't matter uh if your kid is three and you're starting out or 13 and you're you're getting into some of those uh moments where they just want to stand you up against a wall or 33 and you say you know i blew it for 30 for three decades the lord still involves himself into your world changing you so that you actually can then go back to someone and say would you like to have a relationship with me uh now that's good. Kurt, is there anything you want to ask as we start to, to wrap this up a little bit more? No, I think this is, I always like it when we have the authors on. And I think this is, um, this is a really fun podcast. It was a really good book. Yeah. And um, we're, we're about to wrap it up with uh, Bill, but to tell everyone else to stick around that we're going to be giving away uh, at least three copies of this book Crossways agreed to help us out with that so stick around and we'll uh, talk to you all about how you can possibly win one of these books again we highly recommend uh, the book Parenting with Words of Grace Building Relationships with Your Children One Conversation at a Time Bill thanks so much for taking the time to join us on the podcast today and talk a little bit about your book guys it was fun thank you yes thanks for coming we really appreciate it All right, Kurt, uh, that was our conversation with William P. Smith. Um, I know we, we called him Bill on the podcast. If you're looking for his book online, just to be sure to look William P. Smith um, as you're looking that up. And as we said, uh, Crossway has been gracious enough to give our listeners some free copies. So I think we'll be able to give three copies away. Um, it might be more. Um, Kurt, we decided that they won't be signed copies unless you want me to sign them. I can sign <laughs> his book for you. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> um, you do have you know a P in your um, initials, so Philip yeah. Kurt Cooper. Um, you have a P in your initials too. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I forgot that. <laughs> your last name, John. What's your middle name? Hardy. Hardy. J H P. That's right. Yep. Yep. My daughter, Jillian Helen Parrott, JHP as well, for now. So, okay, the way to get a free copy of the book, if you're on Facebook, 
uh, you know that RYM has a Facebook page. Uh, you should like it if you haven't already. But um, what we'll do, we are going to uh, share uh, some information about this podcast. It might just be a picture of William P. Smith's book, Parenting with Words of Grace, or it could just be a picture of our logo for this podcast. But you don't just like it. You know, if you like it, that that's great. That's great. But, but that's share it. <laughs> yes, yes. We want you to share it. Um, so the first three people who share uh, the logo or the picture of the book, you will be uh, the, the winners of the book. Um, and I'm fairly certain we can look at, okay, these are the times those were shared, so we know that. Um, but how, how about this? We're starting when we were talking about this. Then you're, then you're... I know, I know. We're, we're recording now. How about this? We'll do this. Because if people see, oh, it's already been shared three times, they give up. Just share it. And out of the, the people random, who share it. Random drawing of the people who yeah, share it. Yeah. That's better. Yeah. yeah. We'll number them, and then we'll I'll just text Kurt during the week and say, okay, pick three numbers from you know this range and that or we can just go to random.org and do a random number number generator there you go we'll we'll do it some way like that but share the post and you will win a free copy of the book um so definitely take advantage of that this is a good book um yeah you know as we said parenting is exhausting but the nice thing about this book is it's it's broken up into fairly small segments uh so it's very easy to kind of pick up read a small section and then put it back down and um as i said there's just some um some lines in there that just really resonate, uh, just the way that he communicates certain things. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, be sure to pick that up. Uh, Kurt, anything else before we close this out? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think this is, a, I will say that I've, some of my favorite podcasts that we've ever done are the ones where we have authors on. Mm-hmm. Um, there's finally, <laughs> sorry, I was about, I was about to, um, I, anyway, no. Finally, we'll some just, great questions. Is that what you're going to say? Something like that? No, no. I was going to. It was going to be even worse than that. But I'm turned over and who leave. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's our horticulture podcast that you talked about. <laughs> I'm turned over and who leave, and I'm not picking on John. And so uh, you can pick I'm on the person. I'm say good job by you, John. <laughs> um. <clears throat> Okay, Kurt. Well, we'll be back at it uh, next week. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And we do have yeah some future guests coming on, as we've already talked about. Julie Lowe will be coming back in the next few weeks to talk about body image. Um, and we've got a, a few other topics we'll be discussing. So, Kurt, it's been fun. Uh, I'll see you next week, John.